The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, yo, yo. I said an extra time for y'all. Welcome to another edition of NBA Today. Hoop ball presentation. I am your host, Corbin Forge. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. You know this is a hoop ball presentation, so you know check out the fine folks of Hoop Ball on Twitter. Excuse me. <clears throat> at Hoop Ball Tweets online hoop-ball.com. Definitely make sure to do that. The NBA season is starting. We have preseason games. Literally happening by the time you hear this tomorrow night. It is going to be insane. But guess what? With that comes fantasy basketball, right? And with that comes hoop ball. Hoop ball has the hoop ball 360 right now. That is a total package for everything you need to level up for your fantasy team. All right. The hoop ball 360 includes the fantasy pass, the DFS pass, the wager pass, the ultra early access to the Brewski 150, the top 150 list in general for the past 10 years. And you get the Hoop Ball VIP, exclusive shows, great access with our own fantasy experts. You get the whole nine yards on this. Sorry, had to use a football reference. This is premium content, exclusive for you, just by checking this out. And it's a real low price, too. I mean, you really can't beat it. So definitely make sure to check out the Hoop Ball 360. It's everything you need to level up. Also, you know, we got proud partners here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. We have partnered with the great folks of Manscaped.com once again. It is Lawnmower 3.0 season. Not for me. I need to keep my hair. It's kind of cold where I'm at. But person, if you want to get groomed, trimmed, looking fresh, use the promo code HoopBall20 to get 20% off your order plus free shipping, which I don't know about you, but for like me, free shipping is awesome. HoopBall20, okay? H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 to get 20% off your order plus free shipping. Check that out, manscaped.com. All right, so let's get to some news here. We have, uh, again, preseason eve right now. It is insane to believe that the NBA season is literally not just around the corner, but right up on the doorstep, on the precipice of basketball to analyze, pick through, overreact to, all of it right here. So with that, of course, come injuries, right? So let's talk about that. We start with the Hawks. Hawks have a few guys right now that are currently unable to play for tomorrow night's game or tonight's game. I have to get myself geared to when we listen to tonight's game against the Magic, preseason opener. Rajon Rondo writes knee soreness, Clint Capella a sore right ankle, and Cam Reddish right ankle soreness. All on the right side of the body. I'm not sure what the Hawks have been doing in terms of practice, but all of them will be uh, are unlikely to play for this preseason opener. In addition to that, the Hawks will also be without Tony Snell, who has a foot injury, Onyeke Okongu, who also has a foot injury, and Chris Dunn, who has a knee injury. So their status will have to be monitored, not just for this preseason game. You'd like to see a lot of those guys play, uh, specifically Okongwu, give him some minutes as a young guy, see where he fits in this rotation. As far as Rondo, Chris Dunn, uh, Clint Capella, to a lesser extent, Cam Reddish, you kind of know what you're going to get. So that's important just to see how they are as the season starts. Cam Reddish is a little bit more difficult. He is going to be fighting for a, a spot on the wing as far as a starting position there. So that that is not locked in for Cam Reddish. So there will be something between him and DeAndre Bembry on who gets that spot. 
But right now, you know, there really shouldn't be any concern for its availability. He'll probably get in one of the later uh, preseason games. All right, we had to go down to Houston. Got some up there with James Harden. Talked about the Harden I theory a little bit ago. I really don't feel like I have to go into it any more than I did. What Harden has done has been selfish. It's been an unorthodox way to, you know, push a trade through and really just reflects badly on your tenure with the Rockets. Uh, people are going to remember the Western Conference Finals finishes. They're going to remember the deep runs, the explosive 50-point games you put up and everything. But this sad little display of pouting to get what you want isn't really going to look well on him, at least in my mind. I think it might end more like a Vince Carter type deal. Then again, who knows? Maybe he'll stick around. The Rockets show they have a good team around him. He plays nice. Everything goes well. It'll be shades of 2007 Kobe with his trade request from LA. So that's where I'm at right now. But let's take away the whole holistic view of where Harden is in that lens and look at him individually in terms of the 2021 season. He has been cleared to participate in individual workouts, so that is good. He did join the team very late. We already talked about that. He's continued to go through those pro those COVID-19 protocols. So he's in a spot right now where continue to work out individually. You know, he has to get those six, po uh, six negative tests, and then he'll be clear to go. So he will most certainly miss the Rockets' first um, preseason game, and then hopefully we'll get him in later on. So that that is what's up with Houston. We'll have to see how this goes. Speaking of where this may go. Harden has added two teams to the list of trade destinations he'd like to go to. So just as you thought it was uh, time to leave that alone, we were wrong. So remember, he already mentioned he is just absolutely on the warpath to join Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, right? But it was also reported early in the week that Harden wanted, you know, he might want to, want to go to Philadelphia. The problem is going to Brooklyn, Houston wants either Kevin Durant or Kyrie is basically Houston saying, screw you, Harden, screw the Nets. We're not making that deal. So that's that, right? Philadelphia, they want Ben Simmons. The Philadelphia 76ers are very reluctant to part with Ben Simmons. You already hear what Doc Rivers said about how he wants to work with Simmons as the main offensive initiator, pick and rolls with Joel Embiid, off-ball shooting from Seth Curry and Danny Green. Doc Rivers wants to see that team at full strength before he tries to shake up the roster, much less, you know, shake it up for someone like James Harden, who brings a whole new style to the table. Okay, so where does that leave Harden? Well, Harden opens up two more teams that he'd like to go to, potentially. Milwaukee and Miami. Those are interesting, right? Now, let's take this bit by bit. First, it's tough to imagine the Bucks swinging a blockbuster for Harden. If they did, I think that vaults them up to championship status with Giannis, with Drew Holiday. But speaking of Drew Holiday, the Bucks already parted ways with multiple players, three first-round picks, and two pick swaps in order to acquire Holiday. Do they even have the assets needed that Houston would be interested in without giving up one or both of Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez? And in that case, yes, you have Drew Holiday, you have James Harden, you have Giannis, but... I mean, it, you're losing a lot of draft capital that you're making up with decent to elite role players, uh, or Middleton, who's a star, and giving that up. And that changes the way that Milwaukee's played and achieved the success that they have. So that is where you reach a sort of troubling position if you're Milwaukee wanting to make a move for Harden. Now, if you're Miami, I mean, it could work. A lot of what I and I think a lot of other NBA fans thought is that Miami's you know, strength and the reason they were so successful last season is that they had this more 
egalitarian offensive style. It was a lot more free-flowing, a lot more read-based. It didn't play through one person isolation the entire time. Everyone had their moment in the sun, and then they fed the hot hand. So one night it'd be Duncan Robinson, the other night Tyler Hero steals the show. Then you have Bam Adebayo, then Jimmy Butler paces them. So it was a different sort of beat in terms of how the Heat found their offensive continuity that would be immediately hijacked if Harden was to go there. Speaking of that, you know, in order to get Harden, I would imagine Duncan Robinson's out the door. You can almost certainly put Tyler Hero out there. Maybe Kendrick Nunn as well. And a couple of draft picks. If you're Miami, do you say to yourself, okay, these pieces that we have right now, are they so important that we hold them away in order to acquire, you know, a top five NBA player? In my mind, absolutely not. If you have the chance to make that deal, you do. Yes, you understand that you've become much less fun as far as a team in terms of how you play as a unit, but you know the success will be there and that you have guys that led you to the finals last year that would still be on their roster. And you also have to evaluate the talent that you have. Will Duncan Robinson and or Tyler Hero individually be anywhere near the level of James Harden? No, they will not. That's that's not even something I have to think about. So when you take that in consideration... If you're in Miami, you make that deal. You make it without a second thought. It's simple, right? That's where I look at. And I think that Miami would be a, a more favorable spot for me. The problem is, again, you'd have to gut a lot of your young players. You'd have to make make away with some of your picks and just resign yourself to a different style of play. But you can also hope that with the leadership of Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra and the culture that is there, it's the famed heat culture, that James Harden would adjust a little bit. It could go beautifully. It could burst into flames. <laughs> we honestly don't know. But that's what I think about those two deals. Both are intriguing. Uh, let's not uh, point out that the tension between Giannis and Harden, but on the same team, would just be hilarious from a drama standpoint. But that's where we are there. We're still kind of stuck in this, 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 this dance, if you will. You know, we're not sure Harden's going to start the season on the Rockets. Will he be traded to one of these teams? We saw how quickly... The John Wall for Russell Westbrook trade uh, got tossed up in the air, got shut down from both parties, and then in just you know less than two weeks, brought back up and finalized like that. So it's possible, you know, if anything, this NBA season has shown anything can happen. But I'm gonna hold Pat on my belief that Harden stays with the Rockets for now. I think the move will come. He's definitely, most certainly, out of here. But I don't know if any team's gonna swing for the fences with a week and a half before the season starts. Just my thoughts. All right. Paul George. I know. We got to talk about way off P. We do. Because Paul George is locked up with the Clippers through the long term. That's right. Today, Paul George agreed to a new five-year max contract worth up to $226 million. Including a player option for 2024-2025. Now, the guy is 30. The guy had an up and down year. He averaged 21 points and 5 rebounds, but in the playoffs, he shot 39% from the field, 33% from 3. I think we all know that memorable miss in the corner, the 3 ball in the second round against Denver. We saw how that is. You do have to wonder about those last couple of years. They are going to be most certainly ugly. I don't even think that's a thought. A 35-year-old Paul George making upwards of 40 mil, it, it, it's not a good thought. However, he probably will age well. So there is something there. He's also a top 15 player. He's a guy who plays both sides of the ball. He's one who was an MVP candidate just two seasons ago. So when you take all that into consideration, I ultimately look at this as a good signing for LA. And 
for the Clippers, that means that one half of that 2019 free agency duo is locked up long-term. And now you have a little bit of pressure off. You're not going to lose both of your guys. If you keep Paul George and you lose Kawhi, dang, you lost Kawhi. That sucks. Like, no kidding. That's horrible. But you do keep George, who is not a bad consolation prize. And here's what I think is cool about this. You keep Paul George, fine. You give Kawhi that security that, hey, if I decide to stay here long term, Paul George is going to be my guy. I lobby for him to be here. You, I'm the, you know, for the Clippers, they made all these moves to keep George. They didn't do it for rental. Now they've done it for five, maybe six years total, counting last season for Paul George. So now all of a sudden, all that packaged picks in and Shea Gilgis Alexander and everything makes a little bit more sense, right? But if you're Kawhi, you're looking going, okay, hey, there's stability here with the Clippers that I can go back into the unknown at 29, you know, maybe find a better situation, or I could stay here with the Clippers who have shown that, hey, they will make the moves I want, they'll retain the players I wanted, and they will try to put the best possible roster around me. So we'll have to see what Kawhi thinks. It's a long season. We'll be talking about this all year, most certainly. But that is something that I'm definitely looking at as interesting from the Clippers play. They got a return on investment so far. We'll have to see again how those final years shake out, including that massive player option at the end. But they made that deal for Paul George. They gave away all that capital for Paul George. And now it's paid off, sort of. Uh, hopefully he can play a lot better than he did in the playoffs. But, I mean, the guy's a gamer at the end of the day, right? The guy is a gamer. So that's the news uh, for, for, Paul George, for Paul George there, staying long-term with the LA Clippers. Hey, y'all, I just wanted to remind y'all, please, if you're liking this show, make sure to rate and review on iTunes. Definitely hit a subscribe up in there. I would appreciate it. Let me know in the comments, you know, when you review, what do you want to see more of, what I can improve upon to make this show better. NBA Today is a daily show. I'm cranking out these every day. We're trying to make content with hoopball in general that you would like to listen to. So if there's anything I can do and improve upon, let me know. Constructive criticism, I definitely take seriously. And I would love to take that feedback and incorporate it into my product. So definitely make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Also, sports are back, baby. Sign up for a new account at MyBookie with a coupon code HoopBall and get a 100% deposit match bonus. Plus, you get a free $10 MLB Future Wagers voucher. So right now, obviously, baseball season isn't there, but it's coming very soon. And with that HoopBall, H-O-O-P, B-A-L-L coupon code, you can get a 100% deposit and you'll get that or and you'll get that $10 MLB future wager. Let me repeat that one more time. 100% deposit match bonus up to 100% of whatever you put in plus that free $10 MLB future wagers voucher. So definitely make sure to check that out. My bookie, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, hoopball all together. That's the code. Check that out and, and, and get some earnings. Make some fun. We have one last news piece to discuss. Excuse me there. This is according to Brian Windhorst of ESPN. But Adam Silver and the NBA, um, his staff, have conducted expanded talks with teams, players, and agents about crafting a policy to manage widespread use of COVID-19 vaccines around the league. That's right. Most COVID-19 vaccines are in final stages of approval. And the NBA could find itself as the first major professional North American sports league to manage widespread distribution for players and coaches. Now, with that comes a few tricky topics to manage. One is ed creating an educational program for players and staff about the vaccine choices, possible side effects, um, and really relieving the, the concern that players do have. It's in its earliest stages, the vaccine is, and players have already expressed hesitation about the vaccine to their agents and doctors. And I'm not going to go one way or the other 
on the vaccine as far as you know the need and and the current industry that we're in right now with healthcare workers and how that's going to be distributed distributed but in general when players you know are offered this choice uh, they're going to be educated on the measures that they had to take regarding preventing the virus um re realizing what happened in the bubble realizing that with all the travel they'll be doing now and and having you know home court um and ha possibly having fans in the future that this is something they'll need to know about so that's going to be a, a, a high priority for the NBA to educate and, and ease concerns. And uh, this article on ESPN does a great job of going in depth into how that might be accomplished and, and what further steps might need to be taken. But another thing is uh, creating a policy for how quickly the league will seek injections, knowing obviously, as I mentioned before, that higher risk populations are going to need to take priority. So again, essential workers, healthcare workers, nursing home residents, and the like. Uh, before it gets to the NBA, going through that as well. And then last but not least, uh, hopefully using the fact that um, players that will get the vaccine can demonstrate its effectiveness and safety in a high-profile manner. Again, using the NBA as a public space for dialogue on things that are more than basketball. We saw what happened over the offseason, or not over the offseason, but over the summer, using um, the NBA as, as, as it stands for not only Black Lives Matter, but just racial equality and now possibly using it in terms of a healthcare um, lens. So it is definitely interesting to see the NBA being used through different, uh, I, I guess, a different role than, than just the National Basketball Association and, and being uh, more figureheads for, you know, popular topics that are outside the realm of sports. So very interesting. We'll have to see how that goes moving forward, but it, it, it's coming and it's something that will definitely have to be evaluated uh, much sooner than later. So. We'll stay tuned and see how that goes down. All right, so let's start a talk and preview a little bit about the Atlanta Hawks. They made a lot of moves this offseason. They were one of the most active, if not the most active teams this offseason. If we remember, their season ended, uh, you know, as the league shut down. They did not resume due to their record when the league came back after the summer. The Hawks just had a few problems. They were horrible offensively. They were pretty bad defensively. They were never at full strength. Uh, John Collins missed 25 games with the suspension. Uh, you had DeAndre Bembry and Vince Carter filling in 35 minutes a night on the wing to kind of take care of that. Uh, it, it was rough. They had as many wins uh, as they had 15-point losses, and they never won more than two games in a row. Now, Trey Young obviously was amazing, became one of the NBA's most powerful offensive uh, creation engines. Literally, just put the team on his back. The problem is it was a, a heavy load on the back because Atlanta finished the year ranked 26 in points per possession and dead last in three-point shooting. And that's with guys like Trey Young, John Collins, and Kevin Herter having really solid percentages from three. So that tells you just how bad the overall three-point shooting work was. Uh, the Hawks committed the third highest share of turnovers in the league. They grabbed the fifth lowest percentage of defensive rebounds, and they committed the second most fouls. So defensively, just turnstile. Do what you want, okay? And we'll foul you, according to Cleaning the Glass. This is where all these stats are taken from. Um, most of these problems are even worse. You know, they made some moves in the off, in the um, trade deadline. They brought in Jeff Teague, but Jeff Teague looked mostly washed, which was still an improvement for the Hawks because for the first time all year, they actually had an adequate backup point guard. It was very reminiscent to me of the 27 th uh, 2017 Thunder with um, Russell Westbrook, and as soon as he went on the bench, he brought in Norris Cole and Samash Christian. I mean, it was like, yes, you know, that player... In, in this case, Russell Westbrook with the Thunder, but uh, before that with Trey Young, 
or talking about that with Trey Young. Like, that player is such a good player. Yes, they have flaws, but they are so good and their backups are so bad that the drop-off is just startling in how big it is. And, and that's exactly what happened. And the front office just did a really bad job uh, maximizing any of the talent on the roster and really rounding it out with complementary pieces that helped Trey Young do what he does best on the offensive end. And and so that was that was a problem. Um, T came in, 20 minutes of play. That was, like I said, he looked out of it to me. Uh, he is in Boston. I will talk about that um, in another show. But just having an adequate backup point guard at all was a huge improvement. And... The Hawks also reacquired Dwayne Dedman and Clint Capella, who did not play this year, um, but will be playing this upcoming season uh, because he was out due to plantar fasciitis, fasciitis and a right elbow soreness really limited uh, Dwayne Dedman's effectiveness. And, of course, he's also gone now as well. But this was interesting in terms of how they ended the season. It was it was pretty bad. It was it was pretty bad. The losses piled up quickly. At one point, the Hawks were on a 4-27 and stretch. There was apparently tension between Trey Young and Lloyd Pierce and the coaching staff. It was just all bad. It was all bad. So what do the Hawks do? Well, they swing and make some big moves in the offseason. They drafted Onyeka Okwongu, 6 overall. Uh, the rim running high energy big from USC. Then they went and uh, picked up Skylar Mays with the 50th overall pick. In free agency, they struck. They struck quickly and they struck effectively. Uh, Danilo Gallinari came from OKC. Rajon Rondo came to back up Trey Young for the Lakers. Chris Dunn, more of a defensive uh, point of attack guard from Chicago. Solomon Hill got picked up as a deep depth piece from Miami. And then the big fish, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Sacramento Kings, was acquired after the Kings declined to match uh, the restricted free agency offer that the Hawks threw out there. As far as players who were lost, Dwayne Dedman went to Detroit uh, in a trade. Jeff Teague went to Boston in free agency. DeAndre Bembry uh, went to the Raptors. Charles Brown Jr., Travion Graham, Damian Jones, and Scala Bissier are also all gone. Uh, Kyrie Thomas has been waived, and Vince Carter did retire after a historic 22-year season. So, my question regarding this team is now, are there too many mouths to feed on the offensive end? It's going to be exciting. You still have Cam Reddish in the building. Along, and, and mind you, he's he's not an offensive stud. I'm not trying to say it in any way that he is. But if any of the young guys in Atlanta, he has the most potential to me to be that offensively versatile dude. So that's what I'm looking at. But if we just run through, John Collins is still there. And you bring in a guy in Danilo Gallinari who can play more four than three. What does that say? Alongside Nyeke Kongu, you've just shrinked the big man rotation minutes that are available if you're still planning on featuring John Collins, who next year can enter restricted free agency. So does that mean a trade is in sight? I, I don't know. That's a secondary question to just the initial one of how many just talented offensive dudes are on this team. Trey Young, Bodanovich, Danilo Gallinari, uh, John Collins still. Clint Capella can do things off the short roll above the rim. Kevin Herter as well. Uh, DeAndre Hunter didn't have a great offensive year, but he's still around. These guys that are all, you know guys who can fill it up and how is the balance going to be especially with Trey Young holding such a high usage rate and being a guy who really commands the game uh on the offensive end in that way that's going to be important to see how that's balanced out because I have no clue defensively will be interesting none of those guys are known defenders 
Uh, Bogdanovich will certainly compete on that end. Clint Capella is a good rim deterrent. John Collins is solid enough, but um, Cam Reddish had his moments as well. In fact, I think he might be one of the best defenders outside of newcomer Chris Dunn. But the rest of, of the players here I'm looking at, I mean, I mean, I don't know. They'll compete. They're not exactly turnstiles, unless we're talking about regular season Rajon Rondo. But, again, the balance there is going to be interesting to see how that all comes together. And so I'm intrigued by how that happens. Um, I definitely think the Hawks will be a lot more exciting. You go from having players that took up the majority of minutes, young guys and cast-offs from other teams that would not be on an NBA rotation a year later probably not even on a team in some cases. So you go from that to competent NBA players who would get heavy minutes on other teams and are now making up the roster of Atlanta. That's good. Are they a playoff team? Eh. I look at them right now. I'm still trying to finalize my whole rankings of where I've had these teams. But I have Atlanta somewhere between, anywhere between 8 and 6. I don't think they finish higher than that. Um, but I do think that they are a playoff team this year. I think that if they finish 9th, they're in the 10th, and we're in the playoff playing game, that's fine. I mean, they're not that overwhelming uh, a great, talented team, but they are night and day better than what they were to begin with. So that is something that I'm definitely looking at. It will be exciting to see how it all comes together. Lloyd Pierce, he's kind of on the hot seat. Travis Schlenk went and put the play, the players uh, around Trey Young that he wanted or the players that will compliment him, at least on one in the floor, in a very good way. So now it's with Lloyd Pierce to put these pieces together and generate a good product on the floor. And that's going to be the challenge for him. So we'll just have to see what happens. All right, well, that's going to do it here for another edition of NBA Today. We'll get right back to it real quick. Preseason starting. Got to get questions for other teams in here as well. We're going to dive in a little bit. So definitely make sure to stay tuned. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, wherever you find the podcast. I appreciate it. Send me some feedback. You know I'll take it. I said I will, and I will. Uh, just want to incorporate that and make this show better. Uh, remember our two great partners that I referenced earlier, Manscaped. Hoopball20. Hoopball20 is the code. A lawnmower 3.0. Check that out. Get 20% off your order plus free shipping with that code Hoopball20. Also, once again, my bookie. Get that 100% deposit match bonus plus the free $10 MLB Future Wagers voucher with the promo code Hoopball. H O O P B A L L. Once again, Hoopball. H O O P B A L L. And then last but not least, y'all, Hoopball360 is out there. Tonight. Tonight is preseason games. Get started. Get ready for everything you need fantasy basketball-wise with the Hoopball 360, all right? The Fantasy Pass, the DFS Pass, the Wager Pass, the Ultra Early Access to the Brewski 150, and Hoopball VIP. All this for the low, low price of 12 and change. Everything you need to level up. I mean, come on. Why wouldn't you do it? Take advantage of that. As far as where you can find me, on Twitter, at CorbinNBA. Definitely make sure to look at that. Uh, I have a podcast I was privileged to be on with Brendan Clean of Locked on Suns. We talked a little bit of Devin Booker, a little bit of James Harden, pre uh, previewed the Suns Jazz preseason opener. So definitely make sure to check that out. That should be out about the time you hear this. Also have some fine things coming up in the pipeline, so stay tuned for that. But you know what, y'all? I've been wrapping my ear off for a minute. I am frosty. <laughs> I am just frosty, but y'all got to make sure y'all stay frosty. Alright, and we'll talk real, real soon. Alright, y'all. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.